you, Sarah, for that uh, video. Um, so, yeah, I just want to welcome you all again uh, for coming this morning, both here in the building and a special welcome if you're uh, tuning in online. If it's the first time that you're watching us online or the first time that you are here uh, in Gateway, a really special welcome to you and to you guys online as well. Um, yeah, so it's time for Chris to come up and he's going to share God's word to us. So just pray that um, what he speaks to us uh, really speaks to our heart um, and that, God, you just really um, move through Chris and reveal what you want to speak to us this morning. Amen. Thanks, Chris. Amen. Fantastic. Hey, this was Steph's first Sunday coordinating service. I think she deserves a round of applause. Absolutely fantastic. I think one of the things that this season has made us do is get to know the wider body far more and the gifts and the talents that are there in the house. It's amazing, isn't it? So welcome again, guys. Uh, just to let you know, next Sunday, we're hoping to have communion uh, together. So we'll have the elements here for those who are attending in person. But if you're tuning in from home, like we did the last time, have some bread, have some drink ready. Uh, and we can do this together, remembering what Jesus did for us. It's all about him, isn't it? It's all about him. The reason we're here this morning is because of Jesus. If it wasn't for him, I always say I dread to think where I may have been this morning. I don't know if I may have been alive this morning. But thanks be to God, he saved us in the nick of time. <laughs> all for his glory. This morning, <clears throat> I want to share a little bit from a passage that I read earlier. But somehow it came to me on, on Friday, actually. Jesus healing the ten lepers. Very beautiful story. Jesus healing the ten lepers. I'll read this for us uh, and share a few thoughts from that in a moment. I'm reading Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. You can follow uh, you know, as I read it, NIV. It says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, so Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to, the, and he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Beautiful story. And we read it so many times. And of course, what's encouraging, and not that I'm going to talk about that, but it's amazing. You know, these guys were treated as outcasts in their time because they were lepers. It wasn't their own fault. But how often we might find ourselves in situations where it's not our fault, yet we're treated as if it were our fault. Anyone identify with that? You know, we all go through life sometimes and think, God, what's happening? But thanks be to God, He's the one who reaches out to us. Even when the world might treat us as outcasts, when sometimes people who love us might treat us as outcasts, he reaches out to us and says, I've got good news for you. 
I want to turn your life around. I want to restore you. And so, you know, we keep saying this to people who tune in every Sunday. You might tune in, you may be tuning in for the very first time and you might be feeling like everything's ended in your world. Jesus is reaching out to you this morning and saying, I've come to give you good news. I've come to turn your life around forever. And as the story says, he healed them and they were back to, you know, everyday life. But I want to share with us three things this morning that I believe will encourage us as we meditate on this beautiful story. Number one should come up on your screens right now. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean we don't have it. Okay, let that sink in for just a moment. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean we don't have it. And you might be there thinking, I've been praying for this. I've been asking the Lord for this and he seems to say that he's answered, but I don't see anything. And I want to encourage us with this passage this morning that the miracle of these 10 guys didn't happen instantly. You know, if I were in their place, I would have perhaps gone to Jesus that morning or afternoon and thought, if Jesus says, be healed, boom, I'm going to have a miracle straight away. But I realized there are times in our lives, it doesn't happen straight away. There's a journey, there's a process. But they had, in a way, already received what he had already spoken. The healing was already theirs. Of course, in their case, their miracle lay in their obedience. They simply had to follow through with the instruction of Jesus. I like what it says in verse 14. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went. And I think the Bible is full of stories where things didn't happen instantly. Now, in, in some cases it did. Blind Bartimaeus. I mean, you know the story. Blind Bartimaeus. When, when Jesus healed him, he was healed instantly. Straight away. And then you had the other blind man. Who may have gone to, he may have heard actually about blind Bartimaeus and thought, yes, if blind Bartimaeus was healed, I'm going to be healed just like that. And so he goes to Jesus and Jesus doesn't heal him straight away. He spits on the ground, makes some mud out of that, a mud pack, puts the mud pack on his eyes and says, now I want you to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And I'm, if I were in his place, I think, Jesus, what are you doing? This is, this is. This is crazy. Are you, are you making fun of me? Are you, you know, jesting me or whatever? But in his case, if he didn't go to the pool of Siloam, perhaps he wouldn't have had his healing that morning. And there are times in our lives we can only do what we can do. And I put this, this is a thing I've learned over the years. You know, there's something called the ways of God and something called the works of God. I learned this many, many years ago. The ways of God and the works of God. I may have shared this in Bible school. The ways of God are things that we can do. Things in our capacity. I can pray. I can fast. I can sing. I can trust Him. I can reach out to Him. There are things that I can do in my capacity. They're the ways of God. The works of God are things that only God can do. The miracles. The supernatural acts. The, way, the ways, the, way, the works of God. But this is the link. I realized I've got to keep playing my part and doing the ways of God in order to give God the opportunity to perform His works. And the Bible is full of those stories where people simply did what they could do 
in their capacity. Elisha and the widow with the jars of oil. In her case, she could only obey in that moment of time, believing that if God said it, he will do it. But at that moment, it didn't happen. She had to take the step of faith. First, first of all, she had to ask all the neighbors for empty vessels. I mean, that was daunting in itself. I, I love that story because it challenges me all the time. But she did what she could do. And God did what he alone could do. Again, Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. Imagine there, again, if I were in her place, I think, oh, now Elisha is going to perform the miracle straight away. But in her case as well, he said, first, get me some water and make me a cake from the little flour that's left. Lord, this seems unreasonable. (laughs) Unreasonable. But just because we don't see it doesn't mean we don't have it. If God said it, the Bible says his word does not come back until it accomplishes what it set out to do. And if God spoke to you something over your life, 20 years, 15 years, 5 years, yesterday, listen, if God said it, he will bring it to pass. From our side, we simply do what we can do. We trust, we obey, we play our part, we faithfully do what we have to do. And it's amazing. As we keep doing what we can do, in his time, he makes all things beautiful. That's the amazing journey we share with God. If he said it, he will do it. And that's why I want to encourage us this morning. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean we do not have it. I've learned this. In fact, I've learned that between my prayer and the answer, there's always a little time lag. It's like sometimes our technology. While we're live here, it may be coming to you after about 15 seconds. And sometimes in our own journey, we're saying, Lord, I need this. Lord, I want this. And we don't hear anything. But it's in that time lag where all the complications arise. Doubt, fear, anxiety. And the Lord is saying, hang in there. If I've spoken something over your life, I will bring it to pass. Because I'm God. I'm I'm a faithful God. I say what I do. I say what I promise. And so I want to encourage us this morning. You may be there tuning in just to hear this. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean you don't have it. It is coming. In his time, he will make all things beautiful. Our miracle is, a, is attached to our simple obedience. Keep on keeping on. My friend, my brother, my sister, keep on keeping on. Do not be weary, the Bible says, for in due season you will receive your inheritance. Number two, in this story, and I think we all would know this bit, gratitude is an essential attitude. Gratitude is an essential attitude. Very interesting, verse 17. Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? Well, where are the nine? You know, it's very interesting. Jesus made note. He made note and the scriptures made note to point that out, that while ten were healed, while ten were given the miracle, it, only one person came back to say thank you. And over the years, I begin to understand gratitude and thankfulness is actually a spiritual weapon in our warfare. It's not just a good thing to do. I've realized gratefulness and being thankful is a powerful tool God has given us as believers. It's a great attitude. It's an essential attitude. Let me, in fact, I had to 
you know, cut down the number of verses I wanted, I wanted to read in this section. But let me read a few. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. Good times, bad times, rainy days, sunny days. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let me read one more, or a few more. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. <laughs> Scripture is making sure it's inserting that ingredient there. While you do everything else, don't forget, and be thankful. Okay, Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Thankfulness is a powerful weapon that God has given us. I'm, I'm going to read a few more. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. It goes on and on. Verse 20. Giving thanks always. So while we do everything, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart, it says giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 100 verse 4, everyone knows this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Listen, I can go on and on and on and on. The Bible is full of wisdom about being thankful. Sometimes it doesn't feel, the situation doesn't warrant us feeling being thankful. But I want to tell you this morning, just like faith, being thankful is an act more than a feeling. Sometimes I may not feel like it, but I choose in that moment of time, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. This may not make sense to me right now, but I choose to thank you that you've got my life in your hands. I choose to thank you that not one hair from my head will fall without your knowledge. It seems like everything is against me right now, but I choose to thank you. Let me read one more verse uh, for, for this Important point, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. And we sometimes stop at that verse, because we pray, we supplicate, we intercede. But it's interesting, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Wow! With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Friends, I've learned this this, mo this morning I'm and I'm sharing it with you. Being thankful is a powerful weapon God's given us in our journey. In fact, one of the things now I tell people, I've learned to thank God in advance. Even before the prayer is answered. Lord, I thank you. You've, got, you've sorted me out. Lord, I thank you that all things will work together for my good and for your glory. Lord, I thank you that I may not see it right now, but you already have seen the end from the beginning. Lord, thank you. In good times and in bad. And of course, just coming back to the story, what, what got my attention was, there was he, they were loud in asking, because if you see the verse earlier, it says, they lifted up their voices when they came to say, Lord, heal us. But what was interesting, even when he came back, it says he fell down and in a loud voice <laughs> glorified. So not only loud in asking, 
loved and thanking as well. Hey, isn't that a good reminder? Because sometimes we can be loud in asking, but he was loud in asking, but he was also loud in thanking. And I believe that's a great tool that God has given us. It's amazing when you begin to thank God in advance, faith begins to arise. Suddenly you know the problem is already sorted because my God, as we sang that last song, is a miracle worker. My God has done everything for my good and for his glory. And so my friends, number one, just because we don't see it doesn't mean we don't have it. Number two, gratitude is an essential attitude. And finally, the third point, as we reflect on the story this morning, putting God first is the game changer. Putting God first is the game changer. I don't know, I was talking to someone yesterday, or when was it? And again, we were just saying, sometimes we all, including myself, in a moment of crisis or panic, you know, our human tendency is to try and fix it straight away. And the Lord says, Chris, why don't you come to me first? <laughs> come, to, come to me first. You know, sometimes, and like I said, we're all human, including myself. We, we try and figure out a solution everywhere. And then when nothing's left, oh Lord, I forgot to ask you about it. <laughs> and the Lord says, listen, come to me first. Come to me first. And putting God first is not just in terms of our needs. I'm talking about a lifestyle. That's the game changer. Verse 19, you know, Jesus performed the miracle, but it's interesting in verse 19. Jesus said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith. There was something that he did that, made, that got Jesus' attention. He, he put Jesus first. And, 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 and the story doesn't give us all the details. But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming perhaps as they were walking, and it says, you know, as they went, as they were going, the healing took place. I'm sh- I'm, I, I think the moment he's seen, wow, I'm healed. He turned back and ran to Jesus to say thank you. You know, while Jesus said, I want you to go and get your certificate of clearance from the priests. Because that's how it worked in those days. They needed to get a certificate from the priests. Then they could go back into the community. The guy must have said, hey, we can wait for that later. I want to go and thank Jesus first. I want to go back first. The guys, the others may have said, what if the priest goes on holiday? You'll have to wait for another week. He says, doesn't matter. I want to give thanks and glory and worship to this Jesus who healed me. Putting God first. In the way he was willing to break away from his group that he identified with. They were mutual support. But in that moment of time, he chose to put God first. Listen, you may be tuning in this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus. And you may think if I decide to do that, my friends, my family, everyone around me are going to hate me or laugh at me. Like this guy, if you choose, doesn't matter what people around me say, I want to give my life to him. It's amazing. Putting God first is the game changer. It is the game changer. And I've learned this over the years. You know, we can be either me first or kingdom first in our lives. Luke 9, 59 to 62, Jesus is giving, a, giving an illustration. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, 
No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. They all wanted to serve Jesus, but they said, but first, Lord, we want to sort a few things out on our side. They didn't realize the blessing was actually attached to putting the kingdom first because Jesus clearly said in Matthew 6, 33, seek first. See, his language was counterculture. The culture we're in says, put yourself first. Cover your back first. Protect yourself first. But the kingdom cultures, you put kingdom first. Put others first. Put yourself last. But in that lies the miracle. In that lies the blessing. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. You know, I shared this verse last Sunday. This has become my life, life's verse from David. Last Sunday I shared that, you remember. Psalm 37, but David said, I was young, now I'm old, but I've never seen a righteous man forsaken, nor his children begging for bread. And again, the context wasn't, he never got anything wrong. In his context, the righteous was the one who pursuing God, putting him first. Lord, I'm weak, but I want to seek you above all else. Lord, I'm vulnerable. I've got my shortcomings. I mess up all the time, but I still want to put you first. Above all else. And in that lies our blessing. I don't know, in my life over the years, God's had to make me realize, Chris, doesn't matter. Sometimes the equations don't add up. But if you choose in that moment of time, put me first. If you dare to trust me, I will dare to prove myself to you. What an amazing God. What an amazing story. That we can learn from this morning, our Sunday morning reflection. Perhaps you're going through a challenge like these 10 guys. Everything against you, all doors closed, no option, no hope. And suddenly Jesus comes in and says, listen, I've got good news. That's going to change your world forever. But in those moments, things don't always go the way we think they need to go. But that's why I want to encourage with these three points. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean we don't have it. He is a prayer answering God. He is a good father. He is a good dad. I call him dad. He is a good dad. He loves to give good things to his children. He says, you being earthly dads who are evil, still you do good for your children. How much more the heavenly father? He's a good father. And just because we may not see it right now, don't feel discouraged. He's got your back. He's got the answer. It's coming. It's flying. But you keep doing what you can do. You keep faithful. Like last Sunday, don't take shortcuts. Stay the course. Keep on keeping on. Gratitude is an essential. Keep thanking him. Even if it doesn't make sense. Your mind says, what are you thanking him for? There's nothing to thank him for. Thank you for saving me. The greatest gift any human being can ever have. Salvation. That when I close my eyes on this earth, I have eternity in heaven. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Jesus said, don't rejoice that the demons were subject in my name, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. If there's nothing else to thank the Lord for, thank you for saving me. I've got eternal life. And my friends, whatever the circumstance, keep Putting him first. Lord, I seek first your kingdom, your righteousness. And all these things 
shall be added unto you. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Let's take a few moments just to reflect. Just to reflect on all we've heard this morning. Perhaps this morning this word was very specifically for someone. Someone feeling, le- feeling outcast, feeling rejected, feeling like there's no hope because in those days there wasn't any cure for leprosy. That was their life for the rest of their lives. And perhaps there's a circumstance this morning that feels like that leprous situation. There's no way out, Chris. And the Lord comes in the midst of that, unexpected. He said, I've got good news for you. My son, my daughter. Good news. I cleanse lepers. I bring healing. Where there's no cure, I bring supernatural healing. And so, Father, I pray for my friends this morning. Pray for those in the room. Pray for those tuning in online. Whatever be the circumstance, thank you that faith arises when we hear your word. And this morning as we've heard your word, thank you for faith that's reaching out to say, yes, I believe this morning that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what I can ask or even imagine. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for this hope that you've given us. Thank you for this new life that you've given us. We're grateful. (laughs) Maybe even right now in this five seconds, just... Thank Him in the quiet of your heart. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for my future that's already secure. It may seem absolutely broken right now, but I choose to thank you in advance that you will take the broken pieces, the millions of broken pieces of my life, and you will make it into a masterpiece for your glory. For your glory. And so, Father, put you first this morning. Forgive me if I came to you last. This morning, we put you back in that rightful place. We bow before you. We worship you. We honor you. We love you. Perhaps we've not given our lives to you. This morning, we want to give our lives to you and say, My Lord, my Savior. Listen, if you want to do that, get in touch with us. Write and phone and people are getting in touch. You do that. Don't delay. Phone us up straight after service. We'd love to talk to you, with you, pray for you. I pray his peace. Surpasses all understanding. Guard our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name. And all of God's wonderful people say, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a wonderful clap.